Hi guys, welcome to the Constructions of Black Female Identity Podcast. In this podcast, we have Shirali Patel, Sydney Garf, Jackie Cassidy, and your host, Liam Sawyer. Our first question for today's podcast is, how is the caricature related to the classic tropes were controlling images of Mammy, Jezebel, and the Sapphire. There are numerous depictions, caricatures, and stereotypes that are currently presented in the media and modern culture that fit into either Mammy, Jezebel, or Sapphire. A common stereotype of black women that is portrayed in the media is the image of a sassy, yet often angry character that can go hand-in-hand hand with Sapphire. That's a great way to start off this question, Shirali. A really common example that we see in the 21st century media that depicts the stereotype are from the two shows, Suits and Grey's Anatomy. In the show Suits, the main character, who's Jessica Parson, is a sassy, bold, strong, yet driven colored attorney in the show. For those who don't watch the show, she is considered to be a head managing partner for a top tier New York City law firm who attended Harvard Law. Now, we're also going to talk about Grey's Anatomy. Sydney, would you like to tell us a little bit more about the show? Um, yeah, of course. I love that show. I watch it almost every week. Um, so after hearing you say that, I can definitely relate to um, the character Miranda Bailey. Um, she's a doctor, I believe, who um, she's like the chief of surgery at the hospital in Seattle. Um, it's called Grey Sloan Memorial. Um, and in the show, she's really characterized as super strong-willed and, like, determined and opinionated. Oh, you think I got to choose my interns? And I picked you people because you're all such a surgical dream team? You, you're lazy, you're whiny, butterfingers over there, and downright depressing, and you, Yang, you... You just annoy. I have five rules. Memorize them. Rule number one, don't bother sucking up. I already hate you. That's not going to change. I've been gone two weeks, two weeks, and you ran off two residents. I've got people phoning me at home, screaming, telling me my interns are Rosemary's babies. Nobody wants you. She gets rewarded. That's fair. If you thumbsuckers don't stop whining, I swear I won't show you what's behind this door. Dr. Stevens, I swear on my life, if I hear you say $8 million one more time. Thank you so much for those great comments, said Nate. Here's a quick video, not a video, but an audio file of Miranda Bailey from the show Grey's Anatomy. And it's just showing how she portrays this typical stereotype of a black female. The sapphire caricature is one that depicts a black woman as rude, loud, malicious, stubborn, and overbearing. In modern society, sapphire is one of the dominant portrayals of black women. Jessica Pearson from the show Suits and Miranda Bailey from the show Grey's Anatomy both fit this description of being sassy and the caricature of sapphire. That concludes our first segment. Now, take a moment to hear an ad from our gratefully sponsor, Manhattan College. On a campus full of unexpected combinations, 
you'll find a community and experience unlike any other. Rooted in strong Lasallian traditions, we welcome distinction and embrace the uncommon. Thank you for that great ad from Manhattan College. Now, welcome to our second segment. For our question for this segment, we're going to ask, what are the theological foundations of these stereotypes? There is an obvious link between the dispersion of freed African Americans and the theological ideologies it represents. We see this in the suppression of Black culture, the separation of families, lynching, and social exclusion. I really agree with what you just said there, Shirley. But another thing that we could also say is that in the perpetuation of blackface and the treatment of the emancipated, we also see this link. But we also see this from the freed slaves when they were feared and they were held in contempt because of their darker complexion. Yeah, and going off of that, there's a foundational belief in Christianity that Jesus was white, and this belief is firmly held, and it's still very, very prominent in modern Christianity and modern depictions of Jesus, um, and, you know, paintings, on greeting cards, statues, things like that. Christianity also contains an association of whiteness with salvation and purity, while darkness represents evil. This firmly cements the beliefs of white supremacy, viewing black people as corrupt and less deserving. And that concludes our second segment of this podcast. And we're going to jump right into the third with the question, how has society and culture used them as a justification for its treatment of black women? Yeah, so this justification can definitely be seen in society today. The sassy caricature often used to depict black women in the media is directly related to the sapphire trope which characterizes black women as angry. As stated in chapter 2 of Sister Citizen, which is a reading that we did in class for one of our exploratory journals, um, the reading states that, in quotation, the nagging, assertive, sapphire character on Amos and Andy gave rise to an oft-repeated trope in popular culture representations of black women. The brash, independent, hostile black woman rarely shows vulnerability vulnerability or empathy. And this is read in page 88. What a great job, Charlie. Thank you, Liam. That was a great way to include quotes from a text that we read in class and also a text that we wrote a journal about. And from this, we can say that the sassy, rude, stereotypical depiction of black woman in society and culture has perpetrated the oppression they have experienced historically. The controlling sapphire image is designed to make social justice issues experienced by those black women, such as sexism and racism, seem natural and inevitable. 
Yeah, I think that that's a great point, Liam. It reminds me of um, a quote from one of our readings, which I'll read now. It's in response to the Moynihan report. Um, Melissa Harris-Perry, she states um, about Wallace that he argued that Black male political leaders were also invested in framing Black women as a naturally aggressive and independent. Um, So basically, like, in doing so, we understand that Black men leading political organizations were able to easily silence those desires um, and the agendas of, you know, powerless Black women. Additionally, this further restricted Black women to the constraints of being submissive in their role in the home. This stereotype has been embedded in the social conscious and forces Black women to be passive, subordinate, and reserved. And that concludes our third segment. Thank you guys all for your such wonderful insights to this question. And now we're going to go straight to the fourth and second to last segment in our podcast for today. For this segment, we are faced with two questions. The first, how have black women lived into theocentric ideas of identity in resistance to these stereotypes? And the second, how have they learned into these stereotypes as a form of agency? Yeah, so in response to the oppressive stereotypes placed on black women, they have historically turned to theocentric views in order to combat the controlling images that society has put forth. Black women's theocentric view of justice encouraged solidarity among them, allowing for a cohesive and powerful social justice movement. Additionally, this view of justice allowed them to experience and promote the justice of God. When you talk about the justice of God, this reminds me of the divine agency that we often hear in Black Woman, which is affirming that God's law is above the law of man, instilled in a sense of strength. Although these stereotypes suppress Black women, they've long been able to find an agency within their experience of oppression, one being the dur- during the period of slavery, it was illegal for a black person to practice religion without a white person watching over them. That's a great point, Liam. I would also say that religion itself was seen as an act of rebellion, as black men and women could find an alternate source of authority and, you know, in that also empowerment. So, like, while white evangelicalism stressed the difference between individual holiness and community holiness, Black Christians believed in personal holiness um, and communal holiness. Um, so while white evangelicalism places a strong awareness on one's sinful nature, um, you know, it ins- it's instilling a sense of fear to avoid sin. Black evangelicalism was a celebration, and the members who shared these beliefs found joy in the sharing of symbols. Black women's perception of God valuing their lives contributes to the moral agency of the world because they found empowerment through religious belief. The Black Women's Club movement helped Black women find their place in the world as representatives of God in the world, constantly seeking justice. 
Their empowering perception of their faith demonstrates a strong moral agency. And that concludes our fourth segment. It is sad for me to say that we are on to our last and final segment of this podcast. And the question for this segment is, what do black women have to gain from embracing these stereotypes? But on the other hand, what do they lose? Okay, so this is a difficult question to answer because it seems really obvious that in any form of type of stereotyping, this would be considered negative. No group of people wants to be put in a box, especially a group of people with such intersectional forces oppressing them like that of black women. I would say that the stereotype of angry woman is particularly interesting because embracing this stereotype may be met with the fear that nobody would be really like willing to truly listen to things that one has to really say. That is a great point, Charlie. But on the other hand, embracing rage puts real authenticity and emotion into the things that someone has to say. In that sense, the stereotype of anger being embraced by black women could be considered a real positive, especially when that anger is used while discussing social issues and oppression. I would also think that embracing the stereotypes that are given to black women goes along with their telos of survival, and we're going to have Sydney talk more about that. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Liam. I think that the condition of embracing something as destructive as the stereotypes that are given to Black women, that's just like a true testament to how important it is for, you know, women of color to just simply survive Um, anything other than embracing a stereotype in that sense. It may further the Black, the, the, uh, sorry, the label of Black women as dangerous, you know, aggressive and defiant. Embracing stereotypes and the telos of black women is overall all about taking the conditions that were given to black women that were meant to keep them down and kill them and deciding to live anyway. Thank you all so much for those wonderful discussions on this podcast of Constructions of Black Female Identity. We hope to see you again soon and stay tuned for our podcast. And we'll be live streaming next week. Thank you and have a great day.